I am going to be so bad, I'm going to set bad records all over the place. Well, you know, I think the good Lord will get take you home before that happens. You won't have yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. You mean I won't have my six months? No. You're going to say, Patricia, it's time for you to come home. Oh, no invitation that says, would you please come to my party in six months, no, huh? No, you'll get to, oh, dear. it's time for you to come home. Oh, dear. The family's waiting, oh, your family, your, your grandma's waiting to see you. Time to come home. In, in that case, I better start now. <laughs> Just in case it's, it's coming soon. I will start now. Seven one four. And if five. I start now, if I start now, I'll only be here for another six months. So I can manipulate this a little bit. I know. Seven one four. Five four five two zero seven one. Give us a call. We're here and about. We're having our Tushy rolls. Talk to Patricia. Yes, we are. Mm hmm. You know what I would like to do? Yep. I would like to give you one of your questions because we never get to do them early in the night. Well, maybe we want to do them all. Maybe we want to do them all now. We can do them all now. We always wind up doing these at like four thirty in the morning, and nobody on the early shift knows how well you do with your questions. Um, for for folks who have missed us along the way. I put together five really tough questions for Walden, and by gosh, he does a really good job with them. Who's there? Hello there, you're on the air. Hi, Walden. Hi, Patricia. Hey, Bob. How are you? Well, not too terrible bad today. You sound a lot. You, you sound, sound better. better. I'm about as good today as I was yesterday. Well. Well, you sound better. Well, I get the coughing every once in a while. Well, don't do it now, please. Last night, about three in the morning, you were sounding pretty good then. Well, you know, I've got, I can't do that anymore, stay up that late, because <laughs> you guys get me all geared up, and then I can't go to sleep. <laughs> oh, it's the price of having fun, Bob. Patricia can't, Patricia had to wind down, too, after the show, too. It's so amazing how sometimes she and I are so just out of whack just before showtime, and once we, do, we drop the checker flag... We're fine, and we pick up it's steam, like, oh. and steam. Yeah. But, that, as, but uh, as soon as I hung up or hanged up, mm -hmm. however you want to say that, I just beat feet for the bed, and I knew I beat you in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. We finished up at about 3.15, and I didn't get to sleep until probably almost 9 o'clock this morning. 9 o'clock this morning? This morning, yeah. You guys just get me all revved up. I, I kind of drag my bunnies in sometimes. I say, oh, Walden, I am just so wiped out. Mm -hmm. And he plays the music, and somebody calls, and it's like, I'm back up. I'm running. You guys do that to me. She was eating her bowl of cereal this morning at around 3.20. <laughs> it Walden, Walden usually calls after the show just to check in and say good night. Mm -hmm. And I said, you got to call me back in 10 minutes. My cereal will get soggy. I was crunching the cereal. <laughs> when I hung up, I thought you guys were getting ready to say good night. We were. Uh, we were, and we did. But I we, think the phone rang. Yes. Uh, I oh, think yes, Gary, it did. I think Gary or one of them, one of them called right away. You bet. So yes. we didn't, we didn't be rude. before we left. Yeah. You had to talk a little bit. You know this crunchy cereal that you're eating? Uh-huh. That's why I put milk on the cereal so that it doesn't be crunchy anymore. 
Ah, well, then you have to stay with the traditional rice, uh, the um, traditional raisin bran. I like it when it gets soggy. You know, I'll save mine for you. I'll get first dips. We, we can share. See, now, this is good. When we come up to visit mm -hmm. you, we can share a bowl of cereal. I'll get the crunch, and when it starts getting soggy, I'll just pass it off to you. There you go. You know, it's so fun to listen to these old radio shows where they talk about either milk or cream on your cereal. I've never had cream on cereal. I have no idea what that is a traditional thing. You know, for people who might have eaten a show just strictly with cream. No, I've never done that either. Yeah. I, 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 I like milk. That's all non-fat. That's almost like skim milk, but it's better than what skim milk used to be. Mm-hmm. Skim milk was kind of blue-colored. My mother yeah, has... Yeah, and mother, it doesn't have much taste. My, no. my mother has a tendency sometimes to freeze milk. We, we buy so much milk and she'll have there's not enough room in the refrigerator so she'll put it in the freezer. The only problem with that is once you de-saw de it, it has extra water in it and you can tell the difference, you know, when you have yeah. it. Uh, do you remember when they used to deliver milk to the doors? Nope. I do not. But I heard milkmans around. Do you remember Patricia? No, I got to talk with a dairy owner. They used to even get their milk. Uh, his his father and his grandfather owned the business, and they were getting ready to, to shut it up. And he said when his father was out delivering milk, and it would be to the door, it was such a small town here that not only did they deliver it to the door, but if they knew the person wasn't going to be home for a while, they'd walk in and put it in the icebox or the refrigerator. Oh, sure. I thought that was so cool. But do you remember home delivery? Of course. Now, of course I do, Bob. <laughs> well, then you have to remember before they used to separate the cream from it and all settle to the top. Well, of course I do. I mean, why wouldn't I remember something like that? When did that happen? <laughs> when? I don't know. Yeah. When, what you, when did that happen, Bob? What? That's when they when the cream was on there? When they yeah. used to deliver milk. Oh, when they used to deliver milk? Yep. Yeah. That hasn't been all that long ago around here. No kidding. Oh, well, it's been a while now, but it's, uh, oh, boy. When our kids were, uh, growing up, they, uh, we used to, we used to get milk delivered. Wow. Did you... Did you know your milkman, and how was he paid for the milk that he delivered? Oh, I think he billed us by the month or whatever. But yeah, I so know he, who he was. In fact, I don't know him. He's still around. He doesn't deliver milk anymore. Uh huh. Oh, what fun is that? No. Um, how how did he get paid? With money. <laughs> this is going to be a rough conversation here. Did, did your mom? Did your mom leave the money in empty milk bottles? Oh no, he didn't deliver milk bottles. It was uh, not not glass bottles. Okay. So <laughs> so they weren't returned. Oh, okay. All right. So so it, or, or plastic jugs. Uh huh. So would you okay. would you mail him a check or would eventually you just put it in an envelope and the time he came by he just picked it up? Oh, I think uh, I think my my financial handler would would mail him a check. Got it. 
your financial handler, is that what you said? That's what you said. That's not my department. You're a piece of work. I'll tell you what, you guys are so spoiled. She does everything. She's, so, she, she's the financial handler. She's the uh, uh, my activities director. So when you decided to um, uh, hitch up with her, did she have that on her resume before you married her? No. No, you found out all this after the fact. Uh, I found her down in Texas. You did? Yeah. And uh, I told her, I said, lady, I'm going to do you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you out of this godforsaken country <laughs> where you don't have anything except you got big bugs, little bugs, square bugs, triangular bugs, pink bugs. They had more kinds of bugs than you could take a stick at. And I'm going to take you up there to Wisconsin where it's nice and green. I didn't tell her about the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you sounded like a take-charge person. And she didn't drive at the time. And I traveled a lot at night, so she didn't couldn't find her way back. <laughs> But I don't know. You guys. It, back down there now. now, if you didn't have women in your lives, you just wouldn't be able to survive. Well, Either right. one of you. Either one of you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, that's your Isn't that pathetic? <laughs> well, right. it, it, I, I'm in favor of having a, the man should have a leisure life. I think that, that's written in the, uh, in the handbook of life. I'll just leave that alone. I was pondering that too, Bob. I think I think that's right. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. You and I will talk about it later, Walden. Just, we won't go any farther on that route. We'll talk about it later. You think most females would like to take charge, or you think there will be equal cooperation, Patricia? I think you are at risk in the rest of the real world, Walden, uh -huh. of finding someone who is not going to be like your mom. I, I believe that. I think the chances are pretty high that your mom is a one of a kind. Well, but we, t we, take, we do most of the stuff for her. It's three of us. It's three versus one, so it helps balance out. All she does is the cooking, the cleaning, the shopping, the grocery shopping, the cleaning, the uh, the gardening. You know, we do the rest. Well, that's fair. Enough. Yeah. It's, uh, you two, you two need to get together. You see, when I had the same doctor for for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, then he retired, and was checking with me first. I think <laughs> he handed me off to a to another one. Uh huh. And it's a, uh, a lady doctor. Well, you know, I kind of, well, that's okay. That's okay. You yeah. know, I don't care as long as she's good. Yeah. And then I have a dermatologist, and of course, that's a, that's a female. Yeah. And then, you know what a Mohs clinic is? No. Uh, uh, Patricia knows what a Mohs clinic is. I don't know. Well, a Mohs clinic? If you go to a dermatologist and they find a spot that they don't like or anything that they don't care for, they take a... Yeah. Biopsy of it. Oh yes, right. And then what they do is send you down to this Mohs clinic. This uh, doctor in, here in Wisconsin, the university, developed that, I think. Then they go on in and they take a little more out. And they keep cutting until they get it all. Huh. Right. Well, okay. Now this this uh, this this doctor now that I got, 
she's a, 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 a lady doctor, female. And you know what? I kind of like them better because I think they're more compassionate. I, I think you're right. I know my dad. Except, except my, my doctor. I, I really lucked out. I've got a honey. My dad's uh, cardiologist is a female doctor, and she, my dad really likes her because she likes to ride horses. That's all she's got pictures of horses around her in her offices. But she's a really with it kind of gal, and she takes good care of my dad. So. See, I, I spent too much time out in the sun when I was growing up. And uh-huh. I was in here at the, in this, uh, well, I was down to the Mose Clinic, and I, and this was a, a, a guy doctor. Mm-hmm. And I showed him this part of my, well, what they do is they get it like an intern comes on in, and, and everybody's asked to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, on my ear, and I took, I took him and I said, you know, that kind of, that kind of, I don't like that. He looked at it, and I said, just a little bit of, uh, of, um, oh, well, he, he used a different word than man, but yeah. uh, cartilage. Well, okay. So that was the end of that. The next time I mentioned it to the other doctor, he took a sample off of it. So that one guy, doctor, you know, like tough it up guy, you can handle that. Yeah. I, I like the I like the girl doctors. I think girls are wonderful people. Girl doctors are. You wouldn't be any. You wouldn't be here without girls. Don't think so. You know that? I took anatomy and physiology. <laughs> I know you wouldn't be here without girls. Uh, how, long, how long have you been writing instead of being a nurse? Quite a while. Well, what's quite a while? Morning to what's, you. What's quite a while to you? Huh? What's quite a while to you? About 70, 80 years? That'll work. <laughs> Oh, I'm just kind of wondering, because have you ever written any books or anything? Or? No. Oh? No. Magazine articles was my specialty, and then I slid into marketing and public relations, which is primarily where, uh, and now I'm doing research for other people, but most of my time was spent in the magazine market. Okay. Did you write articles for the magazines? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's and then I was in essentially magazine articles for public relations. But um, public relations people have spins, and I'm not fond of it, but it's a living. You know, it pays the bills. Well, why don't you do the, the magazine articles anymore? Well, because you can't make a living there anymore. The print, artic- print magazines are dying. Oh, it's like away. they have a disease, and they're just falling down, and the... E-magazines, they're increasingly being done by staff instead of freelancers, which of course I was, for the magazines. And, you know, I, I guess it's, I'm work for hire, so I'm still considered freelance, but the marketing and public relations and advertising area doesn't dry up like the magazines do, and it pays. There were times I had to wait a year to get paid for a magazine article. Um, and public relations, I get paid once a month with public relations and marketing, so... You know, not as, not nearly salary? as much. No, oh, no, okay. it's, it's strictly strictly freelance and work for hire. So I don't have any leverage. It's not like, well, I can't, I won't do any more work for you if you don't pay me. The answer is fine. We've got a whole stable full of people. We'll go to them. Oh, oh sure, sure. Oh yeah, and they do. So it's it's not an easy business to be in. It's one of the more difficult Everybody businesses to be in. Everybody loves going back into nursing. 
No. Well, Simple answer, no. Oh, well, I can understand that, too, I guess. Yeah. But you should have but I was good. Harry Potter then or whatever. Look how much money she made. <laughs> this is true. Oh, my goodness. Good old Harry Potter. And she worked so hard on this. I'm just so happy that it was such a success. That woman had faith in herself. She has great writing skills, a fabulous imagination. She had all of the right ingredients except a publisher who believed in her. And she finally got that through an agent. And you're right. She's making enough money to feed half of London, and she's earned every bit of it. I'm just so happy for her. I'll bet she had some lean times, though. Oh, she, I, she was destitute. I mean, she was living in a cold water, uh, single, I don't even think they had a bedroom. It was like a, 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 what they call a flat, and it was tiny. It had a sleeping area, a kitchen area, and a table, and there wasn't a heck of a lot more than that, and that's where she wrote. She'd come home from work, and she'd pull out her yellow pads, and she'd start to write, or she'd stop for coffee at the coffee house. She would stay there all day because nobody would bother her, and she would write all day in a coffee house. Um, and she was a mom. She was a single mom. So she, she came up the hard way, and she earned every bit of it. This was not, you know, people say, oh, it was an instant success. Well, you know, there's a lot of instant. people out there that don't realize the whole story, and they probably are envious or begrudge her a little bit of that. Exactly. I, I agree. It's, oh, yeah, well, she, she sits down and, and writes a story and gets paid for it. Well, uh, okay. Like, like Elliot Lewis said, what, what was his phrase, Walden? A great line when uh, he would write a script and the advertising agency would come in and wanted to go over with him before showtime. And um, he had a coffee mug where he took a pen and he would, turn, he would turn the coffee mug and face him. And on the coffee mug he said, where were you when the page was blank? Ah, right. Yeah, it, it's true. And it's so appropriate for this. No, I just never begrudge anybody who has earned a dollar. And my God, she earned it. She earned it. So I'm, I'm just so delighted for her that somebody believed in her as much as she believed. And, and they kept turning her down. They said, no, we don't want it. Or, you know, it's too, it's too fantastical. No, it's not something that the market will bear. And she finally got an agent who believed in her too, found a publisher, and look what we have. Hello, Harry Potter. So I, I'm just, I, I think about her, and it just makes me smile every time I think about her. It's just a wonderful story. She earned it all. Uh, every bit. Did, I, you haven't heard any more about the chickens tonight. No, no, but I did. I looked up chickens. You Were you with us long enough that I found chickenhood information? Uh, Am I here by myself? You know... Last night you mentioned eggs. Uh-huh. Well, you know, at, at one time they used to have pullet eggs. Right. And they were like little bitty things. Then they had small eggs. And then they had uh, medium-sized eggs. <coughs> they had large eggs. Uh-huh. They had extra-large eggs. Right. Now the only thing they have are well, I don't know if they got medium or not. They might have mediums. Mediums and large. What happened to all the mother eggs? Well, I don't know. You're right. I haven't seen small eggs for a long time. A small egg probably don't do 
the chicken farmer any good because he still has to count them, he still has to process them, he still has to package them. But by weight, they're they're itty bitties. Well, they certainly don't throw them away. No. And then another. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what we get in our Duncan Hines cakes. It could be. It could be made so to local restaurants or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure. sure they find something to use them for. Oh yeah. Now I I was at a at a at a, at a chicken hatchery fixing the phone a long time ago. They were, I don't know who was buying the things, but anyway, that's that's what it was. <laughs> and they had and they were uh, Japanese, and they <laughs> these chickens. Right. Well, okay, because, you know, they, the, the little roosters or whatever they wanted to call them, they weren't of any use to anybody, I guess. But what they were what they were doing when I and I stood there and watched, and, and uh, <laughs> they'd, they'd reach in and grab these chickens after they'd hatched, and they'd pick them up and grab them, and they had a coffee can, and they'd give them a squeeze first, and there was a, a reason for that. And, and then they'd turn them over and find out what sex they were. Right. And apparently they had to squeeze them to do that, and that's why they'd squeeze all the all, all the droppings out of them before they do that. And if it was a if it was a, a, a little hen or female, then that went in the box that was going to get chipped on out. The other one, if it was a little rooster, he went into a 55-gallon uh Garbage can. Well, of course, the bottom, I'm sure, died and went up on top or flip-flopping around in there. And I, I didn't know why they didn't save those and, and do something with them, but they didn't. Every once in a while, you'd hear one of them guys go... I'm so glad you called and talked about that. I'm so glad you talked about that. What about throwing them in that 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 garbage can? Yeah. Well, I figured. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I, I just, you know, I remembered that for a long time, and I and I felt sorry for them little things too. But <laughs> I didn't know why they why they didn't separate those on out and sell them for you know let them grow up to be little. Well, they could eat them, I guess, after they get a little bigger. They didn't have to. They didn't want them. You're going to make me cry. Huh? You're going to make me cry. Uh, I didn't mean to do that, but... You guys don't care. The, uh, Poor little babies. They struggled so hard to grow up in their shell, and what happens? Somebody steps on them. <laughs> but uh, apparently there's an art to that. <laughs> Well, then, yeah, I, I would guess so from the practical side. It's just not the funnest job in the world. Well, Bob, do you want a, a trivia question now or later? Well, uh, I think maybe now because it's our telling what later will bring. I, boy, I mean, you were you really surprised me last night. You hung there with us. Good on you. All right. Let me see. Um, okay. Uh, cowboys. How are you on cowboys? How am I on cowboys? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. Try me. Okay. 
Poncho. Who did Poncho ride with? He rode with the Cisco Kid. There you oh, go. Right. Oh, gosh, I have faith in you, and you did it. You did it. Okay, so what um, What can I add to your envelope? Say what? Hooray. What can I add to your envelope? Are you going to tell me, oh, gee, I didn't think about it? Well, you know, that's, that, that's harder than the questions. I know. I know, and, and everybody shows up unprepared for that test. How about a man called X? Oh, I do have that. Nobody has asked for that in, oh, good grief, a million years. Man called X. Yes, I do have that. That's great. That's a good show. I don't like it, but it's a good show. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't have to like it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good show. Sure, I have them. I can do that. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Well, all right. Well, you get yourself some rest. I'm glad you're feeling better. You certainly sound better than you did. You think I sound better? I think you sound much better. I didn't even know who you were the other night when you called. Well, that's, that was in my deep voice. I didn't know I talked like that. I know. It was so sexy, Bob. Really. That's what, what, what's his name from Lawrence Welk? And when they sang that, you know, hope you had a happy time, a happy time. Hope you had a happy time. Because Dodge had a good time, too. Oh, gosh, no, I don't know that one. That's funny. That's funny. Well, I know I've seen him, sure. Yeah, My gosh, he was on reruns, for heaven's sake, for a million years. And then that, whoever that was, had that big, deep voice. Remember who, who had the big, deep voice, Walden? I don't remember. I just remember Lawrence Welk on Saturday night as a kid. I'm trying to think who was her sponsor. Dodge, I think, was one of them. Yeah, I was trying to think of... Who else? Uh, um... Watch? I was thinking... It was, no. Let's see. Oh, man. Keep talking. I'm trying now to think of... Up to a reasonable internet. Lawrence okay. Welk's sponsor, the one I remember. Um... Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that, uh, how about Dodge and Geritol I and Summonex? Yeah, I remember Geritol. That's what I remember. Like, you know, it would get to beat the end, and, and I remember seeing the uh, Geritol as the sponsor. I wonder where the name Geritol came from, because then, like, geriatric? Mm-hmm. Geritol? Yep. Gee whiz, not very complimentary, was it? You know, it's true. Is it? It's so, true. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what the thing always got me about Lawrence Welk, you know, he did not speak any English until he was 21. I know that. Oh, my goodness. I knew that. Yeah. Remarkable. So many of these performers were just extraordinary with English as a second language, and you'd never know it. And, and he, I mean, was, he had an accent. And he was born in, uh, I guess, is it South of North Dakota. I forget which one of the two Dakotas. One of the Dakotas, yeah. And it was, he was living on a farm. And then, I guess his family would speak both nothing but German until he was 21, until he had to learn how to cry was, yeah, was that, his, that was the language he spoke? Yeah. German? German. Wow. Well, okay, Bob, I will get um, I will get a man called X in your envelope, and thank you for asking for that. That's kind of an unusual one, and he's just been sitting there waiting for all. Just, just sitting there waiting. We're going to wear out just not being used. That's true. That's right. Yeah, right. The CD will get rusty. 
Don't get rusty. So, I'm all right. What time are you going to quit tonight? Oh, uh, I don't know. Until we end. We have. When are we going to end, Walden? We haven't negotiated anything. But I think we don't have time yet. We don't have a time. We haven't negotiated yet. Okay. All right. If I'm up, I'll call you. you sound good. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Bob. Sleep well. You too. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. It's only nine thirty eight here on the West Coast. So seven one four five four five two zero seven one. A Thursday night, December the twenty seventh, two thousand and twelve. Next well, Tuesday will be the two thousand thirteen. Hello there, you're oh, on there. Already. Hello there. I was just calling because uh, I was thinking about a milk delivery person. Uh-huh. And I remember that we had our milk delivered. They, they first started in glass jugs, and then they went to the wax cardboard. Right. And I remember as a child, uh, we have what's called alleys in Chicago. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But uh, you have a city block, and then in between the two streets that uh, surround the block, you have what's an alley, and that was a specific uh, lane for people to get into the garages behind their houses, and you kept the garbage cans back there. I mention that because I remember as a child, we used to walk around in the alleys looking for these glass milk bottles because they were worth a nickel each. Oh. Yeah, they were recyclable. And that was such an important service here in the Midwest, in the Chicago area, that if you study the architecture, many, many, many apartment buildings and homes actually had um, doors that were tiny little doors specifically for the milkman to be able to leave your house. It would uh, be the same concept as a, as a, a door for your pet, but this was specifically uh -oh. for milk. That's how prevalent it was in this area, so that was interesting uh, listening to Bob talk about that. And another thing I, I referred to uh, yesterday, the reason why you can't have too many roosters anywhere is because they'll start fighting each other because it only takes one rooster to support a brood of, of hens. So that was just a bit of information I wanted to share with you guys. About oh, that's the cool. Thank you for doing that. And I remember uh, my mother used to pay him uh, on a weekly basis. It was, uh, I don't remember the day of the week, but he would just ring the bell and she'd come out and I'm kind of remembering okay, so a gallon of milk being like 50 cents. So I think the milk bill was probably about two gallons, uh, about three times a week. It was probably like three bucks. And that was some hard would, work because those, those glass gallons, they weighed a lot. <laughs> they they were heavy, yeah. Yeah, they did. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting us know about it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye.
Okay, we'll talk to you later, Edwin. Thanks. All right. 714-545-2071. And stuff like that there. Uh-huh. Okay, I can give you one of your questions. All right. You can you can have a, a stump Walden or a brain teaser or Walden's presidential quote, your presidential question, or your baseball question. Let's go with Russian roulette. You go ahead and you, did, you picked the first one. Oh, good. I hope Fred is listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. Are you ready for your baseball question? All right. All right. Your baseball question is, I'm really big into history this, this month because I can't stump you with anything else. So we'll, we'll do history for a while. In 1904, this one you might know, though, because it's so unusual. Mm-hmm. In 1904, the Giants player manager, John McGraw, and the American League president, Dan Johnson, got into a personal argument that mm-hmm. just kept going. PBS calls it a squabble. But either way, the personal conflict caused a big major league happening. What was it? They had no world, personal they, conflict. Mm-hmm. They, had no, they had no World Series that year. They had no World Series that year. Oh, gosh, I have faith in you again. <laughs> Were you listening, Fred? You didn't know that one. Walden knew that one. Mm-hmm. That was good. How did you know that? Uh, any baseball fan knows that they started the World Series in 1903 and skipped it in 1904. It used to be thought it was due to some volcano in, around the world. But I also heard about the uh, dispute between McGraw and the other ones. They couldn't settle on it. So, um, so and 1904 was known for the World Series not happening. Well... You know, you say any baseball fan, uh-uh, not true. Any baseball fan whose name is Walden Aww. knows the answer. And maybe you've got a couple of other people out there who know it, but I, I want Fred to call in and tell the truth whether or not he knew that answer. Do you know what the conflict was? Um, I mean, this was a, this was a personal thing. This wasn't even baseball. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard a conflict, but it's not. I'm not pulling it up at the moment, Patricia. I do not recall. Okay. You know? well, maybe I can squirrel around and find a little okay. bit of information if we're playing a show later. I'll see if mm-hmm. I can find something. This was, again, I went back to PBS because they've got such a wonderful list of happenings, and they, they even have um, world occurrences tucked in there occasionally, I guess, mm-hmm. as a frame of reference so right. you know about where you are in the, in the timeline. And we've got all these wonderful baseball tidbits. Really good stuff. Okay, so we got that, and you got one out of five so far. Mm-hmm. You want another one? Sure. All right. This <coughs> one you get to pick. Oh, uh, Stump Walden. Stump Walden. You want your Stump Walden. Okay. This one is fun because it's Christmas. Ah. And I know you know the answer. You just have to remember it. Where was Snoopy born? <laughs> the Hale Dale Puppy Farm. No. You got the puppy farm right. Dale Hale Puppy Farm. <laughs> no. You're gonna you're gonna circle the wagon train. Keep going. It'll come. Mm-hmm. Patricia's smiling. I just noticed. Yeah, um, I am. <laughs> 
can hear me. Oh, gosh, I get this poor man. How many times have I gotten this poor man? Yeah, you, you told us about three, three questions. I've been, and I answered it one correctly one time. Well, that's after I prepped you for the last seven years. <laughs> and now we have gone about six months since I have asked you. Uh-huh. And it's gone. You have such a fabulously retentive memory. Mm-hmm. And there's something about Snoopy's birthplace <laughs> that has just eluded your little mental uh-huh. file cabinet. Oh, dear me. All of this training. Somebody out there knows where Snoopy was born. Where was Who Snoopy, is it? Where was Snoopy born? Where was Snoopy born is done. And I can tell you where Snoopy was born once I clear my throat. Oh, uh, please do Well, that. hi, Don. We haven't heard from you forever. That's true. It's been a while. Where, yeah. I bought you where was Snoopy? Mike and Dr. Mike on the Sunday once. Yeah, Mike, yeah, Don gave Mike, Dr. Mike a run for his money, Patricia. Oh, well, really? I took a nap or something while we were... We were talking. <laughs> you can oh tell. You can tell, huh? Well, it was like, I, he, I, I finally said to Mike, I'm like, I think we're boring everybody. We're talking about boring technical stuff, and we, we Walden could have just kind of like, kind of like gone to bed, and we'd have still been talking. I've been known to yeah, Once in a while, Walden just falls over, and we lose him. He's just fallen over. Or else Walden kind went to the restroom, or, or got a soda pop in the garage. You never know. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you, you, you have a propensity. We're talking. We're talking with Don in California. Are you going to bail Walden out where Snoopy was born? Yes, he was born at the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. The Daisy Hill uh, Puppy right. Farm. Right. And now Walden says, oh, "I remember that." Yeah. Good job. All right, how many of he had? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had seven brothers and sisters. How many of them can you name? None. <laughs> One of them I don't know how appeared. I remember the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. Oh, that, and, and I think that's so cute, the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. One of the siblings appeared periodically, and so he had a presence in the comic strip. Charles Schultz brought him into the comic strip fairly often. A couple of the others appeared once in a while, but one in particular was Spike. That's right. Spike had a mustache, and he lived in Needles, Arizona, and he used to see him propped up against a cactus. Do you remember that? Mm, I think I vaguely do. That's a, that's a long time ago. Uh, I know. So, but anyway, oh, well, then- and I have to weigh in on the... the uh, the Tootsie Roll controversy. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, bless you. All right. Wait a minute. Maybe not bless you. What? Well, uh, well, I bailed Walden out, so now I can, I can even the score. How, how, do, how do you like this? Will be an ambivalent answer. <laughs> <laughs> they look more like caramel, but they taste like chocolate. Well, okay, well, taste is what we're going for, so, so I guess that's okay. I guess I have to say chocolate. All right, well, we well, can deal with that. I just put one in my mouth, and it doesn't taste like chocolate, and guess what you know. Oh, Walden. You know, you just, you, you know, you've this, got no taste. No, no, no. It, this is Walden's Get Sweets for the Rest of His Life <laughs> program. <laughs> 
just gonna he's just gonna keep saying, mm-hmm. "Well, maybe you'll change my mind. Mm-hmm. Send me ten more pounds." That's exactly right. I said that to somebody the other night, and and Walden agreed. I said, "This is the the surest thing. As long as he keeps this thing dragging out, people are gonna send him candy from all over the world." I can't wait till we get the get the PR person, the Trucio company on here. I'll try and negotiate a fifty pound bag. We'll we'll see what we can do. Well, yeah, you're, I'm sure that, uh, you know, you probably raised their their stock because of how much we're sending you. I mean, it's that's true. Already, we get we all the, the listening family has been very good to me so far about juicy rolls. I'm I'm in stock. <laughs> Except Patricia. I know she sent caramel instead. So, but her caramel tastes like butterscotch, so I'm confused. I don't know what it tastes like, but it's not. Caramel. It's it's not caramel. I agree with it's you. It's butterscotch. Well, no, now I have to send you some butterscotch. It's not butterscotch. No, no, it doesn't taste like butterscotch. I like no. I, I I think it's more more chocolate. But oh, the the candy that I sent him, I sent him caramel nips, mm-hmm. and and they've got little filling in them, and they don't taste like caramel. I agree with Walden. Yeah, but they butter- don't taste like butterscotch either. Well, what do you think it tastes like? Actually, they're kind of bland. They don't have a lot of flavor, but I bought the things, and by golly, you were going to eat them. <laughs> I mean, I, you can't bring something like that back to the store, you know? Like I bought one for yeah, one for me and one for... You back and go, these don't taste like anything. That's like biting an, into a Whitman sampler candy and putting the other half back in the box. Well, you know, I had an uncle. My great, my uncle, my uncle Herb, my dad's brother. That's all we do. He would take the Whitman sampler, and the family uh, never knew because he would. What he would do is take the bottom and pick the bottom. That way, he determined what what candy <gasps> he wanted. Oh, what a crummy thing to do! That's true. Yeah, well, you got relative with class, huh? And it was gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, I about class and culture. Which one of the candy samples you to have, like a, uh, a chart? So that way you knew what you were getting. You know, you would look at the chart, and then you knew that I chart. Think, I think... I, I would guess Whitman had it. I think Whitman did have a chart. Inside a box. Yeah, it was on on the lid of the box. Mm-hmm. So when you opened the box, you knew in the upper left hand corner it was chocolate filling or yep. some silliness like that, and, yep. and you knew what it was. But that doesn't stop people like your uncle. No, they have this propensity for destroying other people's treats. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you eat a piece of candy that has the bottom chewed out of it? No. no. Ew. <laughs> Ew. We, there, Ew. Where I where I work, there's somebody that that uh, always leaves a half a donut. Now they don't they don't like eat half of it. They tear it in half. Uh huh. But you know, I mean, most people won't. You know, that's the one thing you got. Like, you get a donut. You're supposed to get like a you know a napkin or a paper yep. towel and yep. you pick up your donut that you're going to get. Especially when there's like 30 people that are going to be. Exactly. Box. Where have your hands been before you touched my yeah, donut? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, there's a donut etiquette. You don't you don't split a donut. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like and, and this every single time there's a box of donuts, there'll be half a donut. 
and it, you know, it's like, like who in the world is doing this? <laughs> it, does it does it very surreptitiously and must look around and make sure there's nobody watching and go, I'm going to take my half a donut. Well, at my mom's work a few years ago, talking about kitchen etiquette, uh, the employees would bring the paper bag lunch to work and put it in the company refrigerator. Well, there got to be a certain employee that would use to just eat out other people's lunch back bucket so that they had a sort of an office memo not to touch other people's sandwiches, other people's lunch, lunch bags. Well, and then of course there's the other, the other big huge giant bugaboo when you have a community refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Who should clean it when yep. there's been food in there entirely too long? Yep. And and I finally, the one that is near where I sit, I got frustrated. I guess it was like last summer, and I took the thing, I took everything out of it, I took it outside, and I defrosted it. I literally let it sit outside, and I chipped all the ice out of the freezer compartment, took it in, and I cleaned it all out and everything. And, and you know, so from that point on, the, the one of the two, the other one, it was really kind of disgusting because when we moved into a different building, unplugged it and taped it shut <laughs> and set it aside and I was waiting for some some creature to come crawling out of it at some point mm -hmm. and go oh what's out here mm -hmm. you know it's but it's like I remember in a, an office area that my mom worked in same company this lady had brought in her own small refrigerator and she didn't particularly care that other people used it but she ended up taking it home after one day someone came up to her and said, hey, could you clean out your refrigerator? And it's like, wait a minute, this was supposed to be my refrigerator uh -huh. to put my things in. And I didn't mind when people started putting stuff in there. But now when they asked me to clean out the refrigerator that I brought in out of, you know, the goodness of my heart, mm -hmm. and you say, whoa, how come you're not cleaning it? Mm -hmm. It's like, you never know. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's unfortunate crummy. when it comes to community things like that. But it's kind of like a work coffee pot. No one will, they won't take the last cup of coffee because then you have to make another pot. So it'll sit there. <laughs> it'll either burn the bottom of the pot. Uh-huh. You know, it's that, uh, that.